Anime Pulse, episode Joseph, your host for this episode of Anime Pulse. Joining me, as he has been, is Andrew Chan. Hey, good evening to everybody, and, or whatever time you're listening to this. Yes, uh, if you've noticed, I, I'm a little bit slurry. It's because I did seven shots of uh, vodka before the podcast. Um, I was taste testing some vodka for my father's girlfriend. We had watermelon, grape... Peach and apple, or pear and apple. Um, there was cherry. There was, uh, sheesh. Uh, what other ones were there? Uh, there were a few other ones. I I can't remember them right mm. now. Um, probably the Various alcohol types, basically. Yep. Mm. And in the end, I didn't have any of them. I just went with my drambuli, which I uh. Got right here. Still have. Yeah. Which, uh, as like last week, I had to water down heavily. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This time you're having it pure? or No, I, I, had, I had to water it down like, like last week. Oh. Ah, it's okay. a very thick, with T-H-I-C-C, mm. thick alcohol. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you ever done that thing where you mix the vodka with, um, like, soak it into a watermelon and then eat the watermelon and it had taste of the vodka like it mixes in it's actually quite sweet and it gets you drunk the same way no but i did um see a very old that actually brought up a memory of a very old animated uh short from half-life 2 where yeah. it's this guy who's buying a watermelon from a vendor or and like he buys some alcohol first and then like you know it's like the scientist model and some random NPC model and the guy's like, what about that watermelon there? He's like, what do you want to do with the watermelon? He's like, oh, I want to take you know, the vodka and shove it in the watermelon. He's like, you would do what? That's sacrilegious. You don't want to do that to the watermelon. The watermelons will rise up and kill us all. And <laughs> eventually, like, the guy just buys some, like, chiclets from the, the dude. And, like, the scientist yeah. looks down. He's like, oh, but you, you gave me too much. And he looks over and the watermelon's going. He's like, no, you fool. What have you done? And then, like, a couple ah. seconds pass, and then just, like, this torrent of watermelons just, like, 
takes over the city and starts killing people. <laughs> uh, I bet it's like those source those source engine watermelons too. Like yeah, <laughs> they had them in Counter Strike. Yeah, those source ones. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Yeah, you just got me thinking about that because you said you had like watermelon flavored vodka. So I was like, oh, what if you put the watermelon flavored vodka inside the watermelon? Like, would it be like, what would that create? A double watermelon explosion of vodka? There's so many different things you can do with vodka. Like, there's the jello shots, mm. there's the gummy bears, and there's the watermelon thing. I mean, and there's also screwdrivers, and there's uh, there's the cranberry cocktails. Oh, there's so many different ways you can use alcohol, or specifically is it, vodka. Is that the same? Is vodka the one that you mix with milk as well, or is that something else? Vodka and milk. To make like a oh, where what what's what's in the White Russian again? Is that that's not vodka, is it? In a White Russian. Um, uh, one second, I'm sorry, I need to look that up. I th- I, because it's called White Russian, I, I just assume vodka. But um, one second, White I, Russian has it's coffee liqueur and vodka. That's oh, made of vodka. Yeah, yeah, it's vodka. Yeah, coffee liqueur, vodka, cream, cream ice. Yeah, yeah. often milk will be used as an alternative to cream. There you go. So yeah, it can even be mixed with milk. Yeah, it's pretty similar to like uh, Kahlua. You can mix that with Kahlua. You can mix it with a. Uh, um, you can make a black Russian, which is just uh, uh, which is vodka and coffee instead of the coffee creamer. Ah yeah. Mhm mhm mhm. Sounds sounds really better and like strong. Yeah, I guess it's like because, for like, someone who wants mm-hmm. to wake up. Ah, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess similar to like a, it's a more smoother, more sophisticated version of the vodka mixed with energy drink that I sometimes use when I need to get really perked up. Uh, and if you want to break out your copper mug, you can always have a Moscow mule. Mm, what's a Moscow mule? Uh, that is vodka and ginger beer and lime garnished with a Ooh. slice or wedge of lime. That might be my favorite because I love ginger beer, so... Yeah, mm, have to try that sometime. Yeah, yeah. Like my favorite non-alcoholic drink would be ginger beer just with lime in it. So, and if you want to be fancy, you can always make a B fifty two. B fifty two, which is coffee liqueur, Irish cream, and Grand Marinere, but they're stacked mm-hmm. on top of each other so that they're layered, and then you light the top of it on fire. Ooh, you get to drink fire. That that actually does sound fancy. I'd like to do that. Yeah. I've I've never risked it because i've seen what happens if you mess up when you do a shot of uh, uh <laughs> something that's on fire and that basically just mm-hmm. means your face is on fire at that point because oh. if it spills a little bit and the fire reaches out and past your mouth your face is now on fire yeah because i mean you know the alcohol is highly flammable so yep. yeah um you become like two-face uh, festive <laughs> yeah i've mm. seen uh, i've seen some bad stuff happen to people who try to do that of course they're usually very intoxicated and drunk so doing a flaming <sighs> shot is probably not a good idea not while you're heavily yeah i think i think a good opening ceremonial thing because like you know if your face catches on fire and you're not completely inebriated you'll probably have a better sense to put it out as soon as possible but if you're kind of numb and you're like really passed out almost then you're less likely to react well to being caught on fire yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, have, have a bucket on standby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, I think we have uh, we talked about some alcohol and drinking. Uh, why don't we get in some mm. IRL news?
Uh-huh. Yeah, there's not really that much to report from my week, personally, at least on my side. I mean, I, um, just back into the workflow of things, the first full week of work, so, you know, just working on iOS, making things on the Mac, you know, doing some app work, um... Oh my god, working on a on an Apple to I mean like to make a, a Apple app was not as not as straightforward as I as I first uh, assumed it was going to be compared to working on Android. Um like I was wondering why um you know like a lot of Apple apps you get in the store tend to look quite similar. They're all very cleanly presented. There isn't too much clutter on the screen. And I thought that was just maybe the Apple style of just, you know, we're going to have everything nice and clean and everything spread apart and neat looking because, you know, we're Apple. But it's also because arranging things and arranging assets in a in an iOS app is is also a pain in the ass uh, when you set up things like stack views, because I mean on the on paper it sounds great because it's like oh you make this layout and it's gonna work on iPad it'll work on any version of iPhone it'll automatically lay out for you but like it's very strict and there's just not enough tools to really correct it a lot of the time so like I make one fuck up and I have to make the entire page all over again at the moment um, I suppose it's just because I'm starting out but there's just it feels like there's some tools missing to help align assets together, and uh, so that's been my working week, I guess, side of things. But you know, my my boss is quite patient with me, so that's that's been pretty good so far. Um, on the app side of things, I've been doing Fire Emblem a bit more. I got kind of lucky this week, actually. It's been it's been generally quite a profitable week lately with Fire Emblem, which is a real change because I can go like multiple draws at a time without getting any five stars and just get three stars. Mm-hmm. But they released a new banner based off Fire Emblem Sacred Stones for the Game Boy Advance, which yep. was one of the first <clears> ones I got really far in. I didn't finish it, but pretty much close to the end. And they've released uh, three new characters on it, uh, one of them being Erika, the princess from that game, who's now on a horse because she does get upgraded to Lord class in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's that healer, I can't remember her name, with the green hair. And then the, lastly, there's... um Wait, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, the dragon Mer. So there's now another dragon. Yep. But like Dragon is, Lolly, Murr. And she's got yes. wings, and they're the, animated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, three of the four dragons so far being lollies. Actually, I think, yeah, three... No, wait, maybe four. <laughs> a lot of them tend to be lollies, and I think all, none of them are guys for some reason. I mean, Corrin technically is a guy, like the guy Corrin, but he doesn't transform. He uses a sword in, in this game, at least. So, unless you're playing Smash Bros, he, he doesn't really count as a dragon class in this game. Uh, but no, what's different about Murr in this game, though, is that she counts as a flying unit. So she's actually the first dragon class you can get in this game that counts as a flying unit. Which might be good if you have a full flyer team, but might be bad if you hate bow and arrows. Because, you know, <laughs> they don't take bow and arrows very well when they're flying units. So. No, they but don't. I didn't draw her. I got quite lucky. I did get Erica, the nice. um, the red mage one. It's actually kind of interesting, because I was wondering why the heck they made her a red mage in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if if you've played Sacred Stones, the original one, she starts off with a sword, and then when she becomes a lord, she just gets like another sword. You know, she stays as like a mounted unit with a sword. But apparently, I heard this from my friend. There's like a glitch in that game you can exploit where you can get every unit can learn dark magic. So and dark magic in this game translates to being a red mage like Tharja and stuff or Henry. So. Um, as a result, Lin- Lin's uh, red magic using is a reference to how you could teach all the units to become red um, dark mages in the original game. It was like a glitch. So it's, it's kind of funny that the they paid attention to like a semi-popular glitch from back then and made a character based off that. Um, but alongside her, I actually got another five star in the same draw. Uh, a blue mage called Lind, if you know who that is. 
Uh, Ash. Blue Mage Lin. I don't. Lind. Yeah. Lind? No, I don't think so. I have. Lind. Yeah. She's she's one of the de- she's pretty decent. She's very glass cannony. Um, it's very weird. It's one of those versions where like the the artwork really doesn't match the um voice that comes out of her mouth though. Where like she looks almost like. She looks kind of lollyish, but just slightly older than a lolly. But her voice is like a very mature woman, so there's a bit of a disconnect between the voice and the artwork. But I guess that's not the first time it's kind of been like that with this game. So, you know, there's that. But she's a really good unit too. And then I also got in a previous draw Cordelia, which was a like a bigger, which was an even bigger one. Uh, you know, from Fire Emblem Awakening. Awakening, yes, Cordelia, the Pegasus Knight. Yeah, the one that I want. Oh, you wanted... No, wait. I thought it was Camilla you wanted. Uh, is it... Cordelia? Am I thinking the Cordelia's, right... Cordelia's... Uh... God damn it. Why do they have to all be named, like, C characters? Um... <laughs> yeah, Camilla's the... Is from Fates, and is the Axe Wyvern Knight. And then uh, Cordelia's the Pegasus Knight who likes Crom and is, like, a perfectionist. No? Oh, okay, uh, yes. Uh, now uh, I know who you're talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of her hookups in that game are all about her kind of getting over Chrome. Um you know. Because she, she finds someone else. Yeah, it's, can, yeah. it's not possible to marry her to Chrome, which I find absolutely ridiculous. Mm. I I guess so, but I, I kinda see what they were going for. They're kind of going for where it's like, you know she did you know, it, it was love, but it was also a mix of admiration. She idolized him and she couldn't even feel like she could approach him. But through meeting somebody like um I don't know, like some one of the other guys. I think it was like with there was one guy she had a really good romance with. Where like you know, at first the person I think it was maybe I think it was the mercenary guy, and like at the start he's just helping her propose no propose not. She, he's helping her approach Crom, but like because he's so helpful to her, by the end she ends up falling for him instead. You know, like she's like, yeah, I took your advice. I was gonna go confess. I even got this nice dress, but in the end, I'd like to confess to you instead. And it's like that's a kind of a sweet story, you know. Where you know it's it's about kind of getting over her regrets and stuff. Yeah, I do like that. As opposed to like a lot of her other, um, like if you <laughs> if you pair her up with, uh, um, uh, who's Chrome's uh, like assistant? Chrome's assistant. Wait, assistant Frederick. Frederick, right? If you pair him up or pair yeah. her up with Frederick, all they do is like, "Oh, Chrome's so crazy. He's so awesome." Like, "Oh man, yeah. I just want to, you know, Chrome. I just want to sleep with him." Mm-hmm. That's the, that's the sad thing is like some of the bad matchups for Cordelia are the ones where she makes it seem like she's just settling. You know, the good ones is when she's actually fallen in love, but the bad ones are like, "Uh, yeah, I can get Chrome, so I guess I, I guess you'll do." You know, that kind of sucks. Kind of sucks for those guys. It's kind of like those awkward relationships that Darja can get into, where like, you know, she, she, um, you know, I think it was like one of the ones was like, uh, I can't remember which one, but she, you know, upon matching up with him in S rank, she'll say like, "Oh, yeah, now you're second to Robin." You know, it's like, "Oh, that's such a that would be such a turnoff for the guy to be like, oh." I'm still second, huh? Well, I'll yeah. settle for you. Yeah, pretty much. Or, or it's even worse with Donald. With Donald, she's just using him. She's she makes it quite apparent that hey, yeah, we're married, but just just in public, we'll look like we're married. In real life, in in reality, you're you're my servant, and I'm you're gonna do everything I want, basically. Yeah. Like I think her her like Tharja's worst matchups are Donald and Virian because with Virian, he doesn't gain her respect, and and with Donald. You know, she just uses him in the end. But then there's other people that she has much better matchups with where 
you know, they managed to change her in some way, or you know, they 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 clearly form a mutual mutual relationships. So you know, there's kind of those. Um, yep. But yeah, <laughs> that tangent aside, I got Cordelia, and it's she's really good because I already also had another one, so I have yet another plus unit, and now like I have almost a full Pegasus Knight team. Except it would have been really good if I actually did get that Azura that you got. I think you got Azura, right? Azura? Um, yeah. yeah, Azura. Yeah, I really need a green flying unit and I still don't have one. So if I had that, that would complete the set. Like, totally. I've got like Pala, the red Pegasus Knight, and I've got Cordelia, the blue one. If I had a green one, this would just be like, we'd have the full set, you know? And I'd be ready to start wrecking with like a just flying terror. And you even have, like, Iot Shield, which is, like, an item that makes them not weak to... Well, makes one of them not weak to bow and arrows. So you can almost, like, negate that whole weakness entirely. So. That's pretty good. Uh, I watched some anime this week. I finished... I finally finished watching all the to-do list of shows that I needed to watch this season. So I was, like, I think over 26 shows. Um, tried a bunch of them and I've also kind of arranged which ones I'm going to continue with obviously I don't want to spoil too much which ones those be because then that will kind of spoil what the previews are going to be like but uh, yeah I've got arranged like there's been quite I think overall though I will say is like this season this year started out good there's a bunch of really good anime this year so far 2018 is looking quite nice uh, I really hope they keep this up because uh, I've got at least oof, nine shows at least that I want to continue with and watch as they're coming out, maybe more, so it's been pretty good. But yeah, I think moving on from that, I guess I'll just read out the community stuff now, because that's pretty much my IRL news in a nutshell. Uh, what we have here is... Okay, yeah, first off, I, this, this one really perked up my day on uh, the 25th. Uh, I got a post all the way back on the Geo Tokyo Fish Attack one. <laughs> Um, but this one's by Innocuous Blonde, who, you know, it's a pretty short message, but it's, um, chiming in late. I loved the poetic Gyo review, Andrew Chan. So it was like, it was quite a, it was kind of mind-blowing because, you know, Innocuous Blonde is another host on the website. So it was kind of like a, oh, senpai noticed me sort of moment. Like, <laughs> and a, a fellow commentator actually, you know, said, hey, good job. And that was like, oh, that made me feel good. That was nice. So thank you very much for that comment, starting off. And uh, next we have another comment on our, um... Top 10 of mm-hmm. 2017, this one. This one's by Yotaro Vegeta, just posted today, actually. And it says, I'll ask you, where's Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju Season 2 on your top list? I think that any anime list that doesn't have that have that on it is incomplete. I liked Kado, the right answer, a lot, but it just couldn't stick the landing. I felt like it didn't, it didn't need to go in the direction it did. So, uh, well, unfortunately, uh, in, in regards to the show, again, whatever that name was, um, I have not watched even season one of that show. I am interested in watching it, um, but, you know, I can't put, I can't honestly put in any anime in my list that I haven't actually watched. So, yeah, it's a pretty short answer to that. I assume you haven't watched it either? Uh, the, which one? Showa Genroku Rakugo Shinju? Nope. No. So, I, I know it's pretty popular. A lot of people said good things about it, but, um, you know, I haven't watched it. I definitely couldn't watch season two anyway, because I haven't watched season one. So, you know, that, that'd be quite a lot of anime. I, I think the, the the hardest part for me was, like, the first episode is 40 minutes long. So I was like, I'll watch it later. I'll watch it later. It's like a double-edged sword when an anime has, like, a kind of, like, long start. Not slow start, but a long start where you have to commit 40 minutes of your time, because it just feels longer. Like, it's like watching a mini-movie to begin an anime. And then, okay, moving on, 
We have comments on how to raise a certain scientific railgun, episode 541. This one's by Midnight Crew. Uh, I want to watch Railgun myself someday, but I've been I've been burned out on that universe since I binged Index. Probably not the healthiest thing to do, but the series had so much potential that I just had to keep on watching. Shame the series moves backwards in terms of plot and characterization until it gets stuck in a repetitive bland rut. The swordsman, the swordswoman that Joe mentioned, Kanzaki, is a perfect example of this. She starts out like a total badass then vanishes from the plot almost completely when she returns she's nothing but another obsessive love-struck lady who wants to ride Toma's fist. <laughs> Thankfully, your review of Railgun makes it sound like it's at least better than Index, which is all I hope for, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, well, okay, first off, right, uh, I'm not entirely happy with my Railgun review in general. I think it was kind of a really rushed and bad review. If you, if you, just a reminder, I was feeling kind of unwell that week, so I, I kind of rushed that review out. Hopefully, I can redeem myself in uh, when I get around to reviewing season two. But suffice it to say, yeah, I do think Railgun is better than Index. Um, I'm pretty biased on this. You know, one of the reasons is I don't like Index as a character, and she gets so much screen time in it. Um, but yeah, honestly, I don't blame you for being uh, burnt out after binging Index because, you know, I did something kind of similar. Like, from the get-go, I wanted to get into this, like, a certain whatever is franchise. Uh, and I started off with Index. Cause I, not because I wanted to start there first, but because I knew that I was probably going to prefer Railgun. So I thought, I'm going to start out the one I think I'm not going to like, and then it'll go, you know, I want to end on the good one. And that's kind of what happened. Index has a weird feeling with me where I've never had an anime where I've tried to start multiple times and then stopped. And then I had to really force myself to finish Index. Because, I mean, there are good bits. I like, like we talked about last time, the um, the arc with Accelerator is exciting. Um, but, oh man, there's just there's just so much... Uh, it's, it's, like you said, wasted potential in a way. Like, the world is pretty cool. I like Academy City as a setting. But, um, I don't know. Definitely, if if you ever have the time, Midnight Crew, I do recommend trying out Railgun. Um, as long as you, you don't mind some of the slow bits at the start and the more slice-of-life-ish elements, the action and epic epicness, if that's a word, really does like ramp up towards the end. So, definitely recommended. And the, even in Season 2, they actually do over the Accelerator arc for Index, and it's kind of done better than it was in Index. So, it... Even d- it decreases the reason further to watch it, but yeah, I've got more stuff to say about Index, but I'll save that for maybe when I get around to reviewing it. I'm sure you have stuff to say about it too, as well, Joseph. Eh? <laughs> when oh, yeah. it comes to to that series, yeah. So we'll, we'll probably have a better discussion when it gets done, when we get around to covering that show. Um, next one's another one by Yotaro Vegeta on the same episode. Um, so he said. I should probably paraphrase some of this. Oh, this is actually very true, this part here. I want to recommend this to you. Uh, Star Driver, that was a stylish anime. Um, I have this, I have it on my Hulu list to finish, but there was so much older anime to finish. Speaking of Star Driver, if Joseph likes Star Driver, I think he may adore Darling in the Franks. No actual harem in the show, but there are girls of all sorts in the show. In fact, the Mecha, the Franks, are actually females. I don't just mean that they are shaped like females, but I mean that their faces are fully articulated and they walk around and talk like Moe girls. Darling in the Frank is is uh, is way more silly than the PV led me to believe. Oh, I also bring up Star Driver because part of this anime's creation involves designs from the same mecha designer of Star Driver. And by the way, this is also very apparent when I watched it. So the Franks look very human and gangly. 
Darling in the Franks also has a lot of double entendres and sex puns because it's a trigger show and the theme of this show is sex, just like Killer Kill's theme was nudity <laughs> and clothing. Um, moving on to the Metal Gear games, he talks about how... Um, uh, what's it say? Tries to talk about... <laughs> he, he made an observation about how an anime pulse... We talk about video games a lot. Video game pulse talks a lot about anime. And manga pulse <laughs> tries to talk about everything except manga. Which I, I've noticed is actually kind of... It's actually kind of accurate to an extent. But anywho, the ending or lack of in Metal Gear Solid Five makes him feel weird about recommending it to anyone who might want to play it. It's a good game, but it's incomplete. Um, and, you know, it's an extension of how Kojima was kind of fucked over by Konami. Fuck Konami, as Jim Sterling would say. And he says, it's funny how Metal Gear Solid 4 felt like it had too many cutscenes, and Metal Gear Solid 5 is probably three times just as long, but fans like me want more. By the way, I want to double back on that, and I do want to say, if you don't plan on watching, if you haven't planned on currently watching Dar- um, what's it anime called? Darling, Darling, Darling in the Franks. In the Franks. Uh, yeah, Joseph. I do recommend that you check it out, because I did watch it, and I thought, I think you would like it. Like, I think you'd like it quite a lot. It's visually done quite well. Like he says, there's a lot of double entendres in there. The main girl has a little bit of a... She's not full on Yandere, but she has this very forward edge towards this main guy. They they form like a partnership where they Uh merge and become this mecha. Um, Their relationship kicks off like from episode one. And I think the the designs are good. The animation's pretty good. And if you like Star Driver, the designs of the robots are similar to Star Driver as well. Because, like he said, it's the same guy. Actually, I didn't even know that fact until I read this comment. But when I did watch it, I thought, wait, that's Galactic Pretty Boy. <laughs> so, yep, totally is. Uh, I think that's one of the animes I would recommend to you along with... There's actually some other anime that I watched that I think I could recommend to you from this season. But I might just save that <clears> because I haven't written them down. But there's quite a few other... Oh, Joseph might like this. So... <clears throat> and finally we get on to the forums where I asked a question related to last week because uh, last week you, you covered a lot of isekai and there was also an article about isekai as a genre about you know going to another world mm-hmm. so I asked people about their favorite anime in that genre you know and if there's any that stand out for you what do you think about it and if you were to be transported to a world of your choosing what would you choose so we have a few replies here. First off by Zaldera comes in with, I've never watched many, if any, of the isekai genre. At least I don't think I have. So I don't really have anything to say about it other than meh. I do like character designs from ReZero and Konosuba though. Can't give, any good ex- uh, can't give any good or bad examples. If I was transported to another world, I would probably it would probably be some horrific formless void where nothing exists because of my opinions or lack thereof of the genre. So... Then I had a, a bit of a long-form conversation about it before uh, we get to the next reply. Uh, we have uh, Queen Inoue comes in with, I like isekai anime. It usually turns out quite interesting. I, I'm reading a webcomic that is isekai. I know that lately I have uh, heard of people not liking isekai a lot recently because they don't like certain ones. Usually if I know it's an isekai anime, I normally want to watch it. <clears throat> as far as if I were to go to another world, I don't know if... If uh, don't know what kind of world I'd like to go into, maybe one where my alter ego's aspects are real, and then I would assume her name and in said world. I will have to give that more thought to have a more detailed answer to that part of the question. And then we have a response from Yotaru Vegeta. Comes in with like any other genre or subgenre, it all depends on the quality of production. Uh, I like some isekai, and I am bored of others. 
I thought ReZero had a very interesting premise on the on top of its other world plot. Konosuba uses Isekai and turns it into an absurd comedy. SAO gives us a ridiculously OP main character, a damsel being violated by slug tentacles, and a girl with incestuous feelings for her cousin. Uh, well, can't win them all. I think my favourite isekai of all my anime uh, years was Now and Then, Here and There. I still have not seen Spirited Away, which I could say a lot for Ghibli movies. What I tend to not like, uh, like is that many isekai are about people being trapped in games, though. I think I dislike it because on top of it being overused, it's too easily pandering to gamers. It's like when an anime has an otaku as its main character, it's so lame, <laughs> and yeah, sometimes it can get a little bit too much like, you know, they're really trying to pander to the audience, I, I totally agree with what he's saying there. Um, if anyone wants to check out somewhere Isekai, I found a list because everything has a list, dummy. <laughs> actually, I've actually seen that list of top 20 Isekai ones, so he, he links that below. And I think apart from that, that about does it, because then the other one's just continuing the conversation I had with Zaldera. So that's all the replies for this week, I believe. All right. Whew. Well, uh, you may be seeing me pop around in the forums more often now because I mm-hmm. have finally made myself the forum profile. Well, I mean, I've had a forum uh, username. Mm-hmm. Uh, in there for a while now but um i went in this past weekend because Waltall is actually doing some work and he (laughs) has uh asked us to make our profiles which will include our top five anime manga and video game lists what our real names are if we want to include them uh where we are you know you can say anything you could say like in your mother's closet uh it doesn't really matter but um Mm -hmm. And your age, you could also say, like, I'm a 10 billion year old Shinigami, but at the same time, you could also say I'm a 28 year old lonely otaku male who lives in Amsterdam, New York. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. You can just you remove the lonely part, though, because that's not true. Yeah, yeah, it's not true. Yeah. Um, actually, I noticed something really cool about that. You've, you've on the forum, you have a red name, which matches your username of Red Unit 10, by the way. Yep. How did you do that? That's pretty sweet. How did you change your, your color? That is pretty simple. So basically, when you go into your forums, um, let me pull uh-huh. this up so I can have the yeah, forms here. It, uh, yeah. There we go. Okay. Uh, you go to your, I've got a login. You go to your profile. Yep. In there. Uh, then you go to, uh, can you please, profile. Um. You go to, well, the user control panel. Uh, you uh-huh. go to user groups. You select administrators. And uh-huh. you change default group. Ah, right. Okay, okay. And, and that will change your name. color to red. Yep. Oh, okay. That sounds cool. Yeah, I want to do that. I want to, I want to, wait, can you customize what color or does it have to be red? It's red or green. Green for global moderators, ah. red for administrators. And since we're technically administrators, I chose red. Ah, okay. So I can't go with something like shit brown or something. Dang. Yeah. Well, you can You brown? can also, um, I don't know if you selected that, but in the, um, mm-hmm. if you go to like the actual editing of the other stuff, um, so like if you go to... Where, how did I get there before? Uh, hmm. How did I do that? 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, is it? Oh, it's ACP. So when oh, you yeah, yeah. I'm you click ACP. this ACP, mm-hmm. you go there. You go to manage users. You find your name. You go and you in the upper left-hand corner, little drop-down. You pick rank, and then you choose what rank you want to be. And ah, you can pick okay. a site administrator. Oh, okay, fair enough. That way, it changes the, the <laughs> yeah, it changes your rank in like from noob or from you know like basic user to site administrator. Ah, okay, fair enough. Yes. Cool. Thanks for letting me know. I think I'll have a look on that more thoroughly later on. This has uh, been your episode of Learning with Red. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm learning. I really am. The more you know. Rainbow inserted here, if we yep. have video on screen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess that does bring it to my week. Um, so this week has been a lot of Overwatch, in particular because Overwatch did its new Blizzard World update, which, holy moly... That is a fun map. So if you haven't heard of it, Blizzard World is a combination of all the previous titles that Blizzard has worked on. Diablo, StarCraft, and WarCraft. And Blizzard World is a new map that features all of these aspects in a theme park setting. Will they eventually build a theme park like Blizzard World? Well, they certainly have the plans in motion because god damn this is a pretty fun place to to have battles um the map is a capture the point payload deliver uh, map so you run through the first area capture a area you get on the payload and you take the payload and drop it off uh, of course when you're defending you defend the point and or defending trying to stop the payload from reaching its destination mm-hmm uh, aside from that, there are a lot of new skins that came out. A lot of them are really cool. Uh, Diva got a black cat, which kind of reminds me of Shiro Neko from Oraimo. So she's, Shiro Neko. Yeah, she's got kind of like a, um, like a, a Lolita vibe to her. She's got oh, blonde you, hair. You mean you mean Kuro Neko, right? Uh, Shiro Neko. Or, oh yeah. Well, like, no, Shiro yeah, Neko. Yeah. Uh, she called herself at that one point um, because she, oh, she started wearing white. Oh, oh right, right. Is and that when she was dating him? Yeah, right. and then she turned in yeah. back into Kuroneko because she uh, got dumped by him, basically, uh, which kind of yeah, sucks. Worst decision of his life. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I I was God. all for Ayane, but, uh, you know, we, we had... Uh, we had Shironeko, who was, uh, I'd have to say, second best girl. Of that Second series, best, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yandere. I think being... a lot of people would agree. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Well, I played a lot of that. Uh, so she has that new skin. Um, mm-hmm. there was there's like a bunch of new skins, and they're all basic skins, so they're all in the regular loot box. Um, uh, and normally they like they give you a, a loot box for free, but this. You know, they didn't give you one because basic loot boxes are very easy to come by. And the best part about that is that all the skins, the legendary ones, only cost a thousand credits. Normally during like events, they cost 3000 credits. But uh, so if you open up a bunch of loot boxes and you already have duplicates of everything, you're going to get to a thousand credits really quickly. Uh, 
some of my favorite skins are Diva's black cat skin. Um, I don't really like her blonde hair that much. She has blonde uh, twin tail hair. But she is wearing stockings, a Lolita dress, um, and her mech now has a kitty cat tail, which is adorable. Um, Zarya has her best skin out now, which uh, she's got a bunch of shit skins, but she's got a new skin that makes her look like a barbarian. And the thing about Zarya is she's never been dolled up. She's never been sexy, where it's like, you know... Mm -hmm. She's always kind of had, like, armor and covering her, but I never liked her hair. I don't mind the fact that she's, you know, like a strong woman. I will crush you and break your balls. But it's, Oh, she's the Russian one, then? Yeah. But okay. uh, I don't like her hair. Her whole hairstyle, like, I never liked that. I don't like the look on of that hairstyle on girls. Like, it, it's her choice, but at, at the same time, when you have, like, the hair of like the mohawk and stuff it doesn't look good and pink hair on her also doesn't look good her original skin was my favorite beforehand um not her original skin her her weightlifter skin because she has a full oh. set of blonde hair and she's just wearing like normal everyday clothes my second favorite skin uh is that now because her best skin out is the barbarian skin where she has a full head of red hair that kind of reminds me a bit of uh the girl's hair from um uh what was that mecha dinosaur fighting game that just came out recently horizon zero dawn or something like that oh yeah yeah that's it yeah that's the one it kind of reminds me of her hair but she's also got like you know like like big ass boots on that are like really thick metal boots and she's got some uh some, it almost looks like Monster Hunter-esque armor, uh, very thick metal plates on her. Uh, mm-hmm. She's not at all dolled up, but goddamn, those legs she has, mm, that's some muscly leg. <laughs> she would, uh-huh. she could send you flying to right, right into Sputnik with those things. Um, aside from that, oh, there's Widowmaker, the sniper, got a Nova skin. So she looks mm-hmm. like uh, Starcraft's Nova, who oh, uh, I you, see her now. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this is all off the top of my head. Uh, who else was there that got a really cool skin? Um, there's a few other characters that got skins, but no one that are Zenyata really got one. Care I'm about. looking right last year. Zenyata got one. Yeah, Zenyata got Symmetra one. Symmetra got one. Symmetra got one. Hanzo got one. Uh, a lot of them got skins, but a lot of them aren't legendary skins, and a lot of them don't look that crazy cool. Um, I mean, I'm still Faros? rocking. Uh, Farah's skin is good. I do want to get her skin. It's uh, the Asp skin, and she looks like yeah. a Egyptian queen with it. Egyptian Mecca. <laughs> yeah, and she like has a little like it. Honestly, if you're if you heard me talk about Orisa's. Um, uh, quest or whatever it is the porno hentai game (laughs) for the rpg maker uh that skin kind of reminds me of uh of uh orisa from the game uh just because Uh, of like the look of it she's got like the the kind of the bob cut ish black egyptian hair with uh the uh the asp or snake uh i'm gonna call it crown uh, or yeah, circlet or whatever. Yeah, I guess it's a crown. Yeah, 
you know, mm-hmm. that she wears on top of that. And she's got her armor's all decked out with like onks and stuff on it. It's pretty cool. Um, Wait, are are Farah and Orisa related or something? Uh, no. Orisa's yeah. skin for a mortal is just because. Just because. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a similar sort of Egyptian motif they're going for here. Yeah. Uh, aside from those skins, I don't really have anyone else that I'm really trying to go for. Uh, yep. The update has been quite large. I've had a lot of fun playing Blizzard World maps. Um, I am getting back into playing the regular maps, though, because the hype has kind of died down for me. Um, mostly because in arcade mode, you can't earn achievements. So I've been playing, going back to trying to get some of the achievements for the other characters that I haven't gotten, which fucking Overwatch, it's impossible to earn achievements in that damn game unless it's like the really <laughs> easy ones. Yeah. Which I have all those already. And so mm. now it's like getting lucky. We're like Lucio's um, overshield, which I've been working on thus far, where you just got to time it right. So when someone's like, oh, here comes Diva's mech, she's going to explode it. Better drop the beat. Or like, oh, here comes uh, Soldier 76 with his auto lock. Better drop the beat. Um, or, oh, there's uh, Bastion going into his tank mode. Try to better drop the beat. You got to do it before a big attack that damages a lot of your people. That way your overshield can absorb the damage and you get the achievement. Mm. Well, I guess Blizzard aren't daft. They they want you to keep playing the game. So, you know, they'll they'll keep those achievements a little bit at arm's reach. So close enough where you think you can get them, but far enough where it'll take you a while longer just so they can keep you playing. You know, yes. so they're, they're smart. They're smart with their moves. Some of them can go suck a dick, though. Like, Lucio's other <laughs> achievement is for killing three people while wall riding. It's called the Floor is Lava. And you have to right. kill three people without dying while wall riding in a uh, single match. Hmm. Fuck that shit. <laughs> that basically I think that's means very hard to do. Yeah, what you have to do is you have to wall ride, get around someone while you're wall riding, and knock them off the map. That's the only way you can do it, and there's only certain maps wow. you can do that. So you have to boop them mm-hmm. off of the map, and so that they die, and boom, you earn it while you're wall riding. Then you can get off the wall, go find someone else, wall ride, boop them off the map, continue on. And you have to make sure you don't die all while doing that. Which, I gotta say, Lucio, while he is very agile, he's kind of paper thin. You let him take too many hits and he will go down like a wet sausage. Glass cannon, then. Glass cannon. Mm. He is very powerful. Um, He did have an actual uh, increase to his damage, which I don't think a lot of people are taking advantage of. So mm-hmm. if you play uh, like a support character and you usually play someone like Zenyatta because he's got probably the second highest damage of your support characters you'll deal with behind Anna, then mm-hmm. you'll want to probably try out Lucio because Lucio's got some mad buffs to him now that he deals a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucio, I'm going to look him up to see what he looks like. Yeah, let's see what uh- Um, aside from that, for Fire Emblem Heroes, I give up. I can't get Cordelia. I can't get Uh, her. Yeah. I I tried my hardest this weekend. I saved up a bunch. I had the best pull on orbs. I had, um... Oh, yeah? I had, like, six red orbs. I was like, okay, she's gotta be in here, right? 
I didn't have enough orbs to get her though. So I kept going through and I was like, you know what? I'll do the other thing. I'll buy the dumb black knight guy because it gives you 12 more orbs. I had enough yeah, orbs yeah. in. Mm-hmm. I went through all of them. Uh-huh. None. Who do I get instead? Let's take a look. Let's see. Who did I get? Okay. Yeah. I got Seth. I got Luke. Luke. So I got Seth and Luke, and I got the Black Knight out of all that bullshit. You you got Black Knight? Well, I got the Black Knight after buying him. Oh, right, right, right. So I got two legendary, I got two of the five-star golds um, for Luke and for Seth. Both male characters, both can (laughs) suck a dick because fuck this bullshit. (laughs) wasting uh, my uh, money on this bull mm. crap and i still have that at azura looking at me like why don't you just use me you won me it's like go away azura no one likes you except for <laughs> andrew apparently yeah yeah it's be pretty useful again i would trade you her <laughs> yeah i wish i i sometimes do wish there was some sort of trade feature in this game i i give i don't to be fair i don't have a camilla to trade you so i wouldn't really be able to make that i take anyway. uh I take a Raja. Raja? I don't have a Raja either. <laughs> okay, I take. Uh, uh, is there. Uh huh. Oh, oh, the Easter version of Camilla? Or Cordelia? Nope. No, I have none of those. No. Damn. Um, I, I, I actually don't think I have any, any of the female characters that you're looking for. Because you already have Christmas Tharja anyway. Yeah. Oh, what I did do, though, is I did. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what? I don't care anymore that uh like the game's actually gotten to that point for me so i instead of saving up my thirty thousand feathers i got i spent twenty thousand of them and i uh increased uh matilda's uh oh uh, ranking from silver to gold Mm -hmm. so she is now now i have all the characters i have are gold Mm -mm. yeah i have a golden titania golden matilda Everyone else here is gold. Golden. Gold. Yeah. I love gold. So Um so wait, you went you went with Matilda. You do you actually are you gonna use her then? I don't know. I just wanted to have like all the char- female characters that I liked the look of. I just wanted them to be mm. gold. And yeah. Matilda and Titania are the only other characters outside of like Awakening and Fates that I were like, eh, these girls are kind of cute. And the other ones I would just keep because it's like, oh, it's a five-star character. I guess I'll just hold on to it. Otherwise, I'd just get rid of everyone that I don't care about, and i just earn feathers like crazy. Ah, I see, I see. So so you've been sending quite a lot of them home then? Oh, yeah. In fact, what I prefer that you could do is I would prefer that if you could just turn them in instead of feathers, or like if you get feathers, you could turn feathers into orbs. I just wish ah. there was a way of doing that. Like, oh, 10,000 feathers gets you 20 orbs. Cool. I'd do mm-hmm. that. I would totally do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there's that. But, you know, at the end of the day, 20,000 feathers to upgrade any also works quite well. So True. Yeah. True. I, more options is nice, though. I, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I've given up on getting my, uh, my Camilla because it's <laughs> three days, two days. Until the event mm-hmm. ends, so that New Year's banner is just bad luck for everybody. Like I've I've gave up on that one too because it's just um for some reason like it just doesn't it doesn't want to give its five star specials for some reason I just don't know why. Like I got one and then my friend got one and you got one 
and then that's it. Like they just it just dries up immediately after that. So it's just not meant to be. Yep, I guess. Yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. Oh, my. Uh, our dryer here broke. So uh-huh. we had no dryer yesterday, and yesterday is a big laundry day for me because uh, I build up all my laundry throughout the week, and I don't do it until the very end of the week on Saturday. And so what I did is I just did all my laundry here and I took everything to the uh, laundromat and I uh, uh, just did my drying there, um, mm, which it was fine. I only had to spend like $1.75 on dryers because you can just throw half of your laundry and half of it in another dryer and just split it and boom, you can dry it in half the time. And that's where yeah, I that's worked on. Bad. The uh, where I spent like a, an hour trying to grind out orbs and just do everything mm-hmm. I can to try to get that Camilla, but it was not meant to be. Yeah. The game was like, nope, 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 nope. Wait mm. till next year, buddy. Yeah. Well, actually, you you might not even have to wait all the way till next year because you know since they released book two, they started doing those um those temporary banners that like you know appear for like three days. But then, you know, they give you like an 8% chance of getting like a focus and then they'll do something like, oh, we're going to make Spring Lucina available. We're going to make, you know, uh, Christmas this character come in. They put in a bunch of other special characters over the year in there as well. So she might appear during one of those 8% ones and that's an even higher percent chance to get her than usual. So, yeah, with a bit of luck. But I am kind of envious of you in some ways because um, I've gotten to the point with my Fire Emblem game where there's there's almost no conceivable way of me getting any more orbs. Like, I've almost beaten most of the chain challenges and all the squad assault ones. So all I can do is, like, do some arena and do some, you know, of those other challenges and just do the achievement stuff. Or but buy the I orbs. I think you're in a position... <laughs> hmm? Or buy. Or, bu- yeah, well, or buy. I'm not... Yeah, well, I'm not going to do that. But, um, you know... Uh, but I, I'm guessing you're more in a position where there's a lot more chain challenges. Should you want to, there's a lot more chain challenges than those available. But now that those those have sort of those wells have dried up for me, so I have no yeah. option to get any more orbs. Hell, I got point. I got story mode shit that I can still do. And had oh, I wow. known okay. in the past that you could just be like, oh, there's like no red orbs here. Fuck this. I'll just have to summon something and then I'll just leave and just come back and try it again. I would have saved so many orbs. So many orbs because of all the shit that I could have done. But at this point, you know, I got my Christmas Tharja. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. good enough. I'm I'll, sure. I'll be satisfied with her. <laughs> like Cordelia and Tharja before you, before you, you have learned to settle. But yeah, that's, that's also a good thing to keep in mind. Is if you're looking <laughs> for a specific type, you can just, you know, you can always just stop summoning once you get one. Uh, once you get the colors that you want and you just leave. Yeah, I definitely can tell you how yeah. dumb it is. Like, you're sitting there and it's just like, oh, I'm going to su- try summoning. And you jump in and it's like, all right, come on, red orbs. No red orbs. All right, let's just summon a blue and get out of here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> done that. Yeah, I've done absolutely. that more than once. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's been my week. I've just been playing a lot of Overwatch, a lot of uh, Fire Emblem, working on... Uh, getting work done. Oh, um, I th- did I mention it before? But my, I don't think I did. My coworker, who is like, we're kind of down to a three man team out of a four man team right now. She's handed in her two weeks, so 
we're going to go from a three-man team to a two-man team pretty quickly. Whoa. Yeah. Even more it, short staff then. Yeah, not terribly much because she's not a great worker. So when she's not been around because she's not been around before, we haven't missed much. Um, right. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not been terrible without her around. So we're not going to have a giant leap or a giant decrease in predictivity. Um, what will happen, though, is that we do need to have someone that we need to hire to work phones because with me being more oriented towards dealing with our clients, AIT, CDS, and MXD and stuff like that, the other logistic companies that we work with and their vendors, there needs to be someone there who can answer the phone 24-7 who can just be like, hello, this is Arnoff Global Logistics. How can I help you? Oh, you, yes, I can help you with that. What do you want to set the date for? That kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And if we can have two of those people, that'd be great. But right now we need to focus on getting just one person in who can do that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, you, do you have any sort of power in terms of recruitment or is that going to be handled by a different department uh, or someone else? My power is basically like been I've been given cards that if someone's like, oh, I hate my job, bra bra bra. I wish I could work someone else. I could just be like, here you go. Come work for us. We'll treat you ah. right. So you can like finagle someone from a different sort of department. Well, I can finagle someone from a different job. Oh, like headhunt like, someone from another company. Entirely. Yeah, or even just like, oh, okay. you know, someone who doesn't have any employment. It's like, I have a CDL license, but no one, I can't find any employment. It's like, oh, here, try applying for us. We'll see why you can't get employed. Um, or it's uh-huh. like, right. yeah, I've done office work for, for, uh, for Kodak for years, but now they're going away. And it's like, all right, well, join us. You know Wait, how the to do company? stuff. Yeah. Oh, right. okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it for my IRL news. So why don't we get into some industry news? And I think I'm starting us off today. So mm-hmm. the first article is uh, one on the website animeanime.jp, but you know you can Google Translate it if you obviously can't understand Japanese like me. Um, but they've listed the top 10 rivals, uh, rival characters to appear in anime. So this is a more modern one, so you might get some old and some new picks mixed together. So at number 10, we have uh, Heiji Hattori from Detective Conan. I think he's like the main smart rival guy to Conan in the same show. There's a Baikin man from An- Anpan Man, which I've never heard of. So there's that. Next is Kaito Kid, from, also from Detective Conan. Very popular show, I suppose. Um, but it's bloody long, so it's really hard for me to get into. Then again, I guess the plot isn't really deep, so I suppose you can kind of jump in at any time, because I have watched the odd episodes. Then next at number seven is Ryunosuke, uh, <laughs> sorry, Akutagawa from Bungo Stray Dogs, another modern anime there. Number six we have Toshiro Hijikata from Gintama, probably the rival to the main character. Still haven't watched that either. Number five we have Char and Aznabel from Mobile Suit Gundam. I assume the original. At number four, we have a very modern pick, which is Katsuki Bakugo from Boku no Hero Academia. At number three, we have 
Okido Shigeru or Gary from Pokemon. Popular pick as well. And then number two is one I expected to see definitely on this list was Sasuke Uchiha from Naruto. And then at number one we have, um, well, pretty popular pick, uh, Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball series in general. So I was expecting to see like, personally I would have expected to see something like Seto Kaiba in there and also somebody like L from Death Note. Uh-huh. But nah, they didn't make the list. At least not in this list anyway. So yeah, that's that's pretty much that article done. All right. Well, yep. my only piece of news this week is kind of related to my news last week. So you may remember I talked about manga recruitment for possibly like putting your your ID out there and getting it picked up by some publisher. Well, this year, uh, work or W at KU work. So Woku work is holding its second annual anime industry employment fair in Tokyo on March the 6th. Uh, work a work of work or walk a work waku work god that's so dumb really <laughs> weird name uh waku work yeah, a pun. was founded in 2016 and its activities include holding lectures for students conducted by representatives of the content industry the company held its first anime employment fair in 2017 and more than 450 people attended Kind of a small number, but that's probably because it was just starting out. Well, it plans to hold it again this year, and the event will be held in Ota City Industrials Plaza Pio in Tokyo's Ota Ward. Attendance will be free, but participation is currently limited to 2,000 people, as they're mm. expecting the number of attendees to rise now that the uh, now that the employment fair is kind of better known about this year. Yeah. The so. event is currently aimed at students graduating soon and recent graduates who are interested in working in the anime industry. Anime studios, production companies, merchandise markers, retailers, and media companies will all be participating in the event. Hmm. Very cool stuff. Um, so get your folios in there, I suppose, if you're a recent graduate. Who knows, yep. you might get in there. Of course, if uh, you're someone who works in the United States and you've always wanted to get in on that beat, well, hope you speak Japanese and got a little bit of money to get to Japan because March to, March of 6 is mm. right around the corner. Mm. You also better be bloody good because, I mean, if, you, if you're going to get hired by a foreign company, that you have to give them a solid reason why they would bother hiring you over somebody from their own country as well. Because, you know, I think it costs the company money as well to be like, okay, get you over that, was it working visa i don't know you know how the working visas work over there but usually it costs more company expenses to hire someone from abroad as well anyway so make sure that folio that folio is pretty solid it's not impossible obviously because there have been cases in the past but yeah work bloody hard watch watch shiro bako <laughs> for inspiration <laughs> well that does it for my piece of news okay. what's your last one for us yeah, my uh, my last one is also sort of related to, I guess, uh, number one slot, which went to Vegeta, is, and it's that the Dragon Ball Super TV anime is ending this March. Um, 
it was it was first um kind of like hinted at through Japan's Mantan web that um Dragon Ball Super's anime will end its television broadcast after the um current arc that's going on currently called the Universe Survival arc. And that's mainly um implied via the fact that um a new its time slot in the Japanese anime programming or this TV slot is gonna be replaced by a new show called uh probably messing this wrong, Gegege no Kitaro. Um so that's gonna be replacing its time slot and um, you know, the show has been going on since June two thousand and fifteen after the success of the movie Dragon Ball Super Battle of the Gods. Not super get rid of the super part. Dragon Ball Battle of the Gods movie was quite successfully decided to make the series based off of that and has been written at least partially by Akira Toriyama, the original creator. Um it's been, you know, it's had its ups and downs, you know, being criticised for apparently its low quality animation at some points, but, and it's a, has a menagerie of new forms, such as, you know, Super Saiyan God, and then they made fun of Super Saiyan God, Super Saiyan. But, you know, it's created a lot of memes and interesting storylines along the way too. So, uh, compounding this, that definitely confirms this for real, there was also a tweet that went out from the official Dragon Ball Super Twitter, which roughly translates to as... As always, thank you for your support. The Universe Survival arc of the Dragon Ball Super Television series will reach its climax come the end of March. Please continue to give your support until the very end. The theatrical version will be released December this year. The Dragon Ball series will still continue on, so please eagerly await it. Um, I'm not entirely sure what to think of this, actually. At least that last part, because, um, well, I guess that means that we're going to get a Universe Survival movie. Um... (laughs) Not sure how excited I am for that, to be honest, but it is an opportunity to fix quite a lot of the problems, and there are quite a lot of problems with those arcs uh, that proceeded after um, the Fukatsuno F arc that was covered in the last film that came out. So, mm-hmm. interested to see how they cover it, but what really is fascinating is when they said, you know, the Dragon Ball series will still continue, and so eagerly, please eagerly await it. If they mean it as a franchise won't die, I think we all kind of know that the franchise won't die. <laughs> after all, I think there was like a day named after Goku in Japan. It's it's quite a big household name, Dragon Ball in general. But um, when when they say that, I'm wondering if it means that, and I hope it actually means that they're just taking a break from making Dragon Ball Super uh, like constantly, and then they're just going to be working on the next arc because. Um, I think it would be kind of a shame, it would be kind of a bad note if this is actually the full complete end of Dragon Ball Super, come the end of this current arc. I don't want to spoil too much, uh, eventually I want to cover more of Dragon Ball Super, but I'm not sure how to do it yet because it's, it's a fucking long series. But um, what's his name, it, it, there's, there's still plenty of places for it to go is what I want to say. Like there are like, f- I think at least four universes that haven't shown themselves in this current arc that we know about that exist. So it would be kind of a waste, and they're hinted at as being the strongest universes in existence until at least another threat will eventually come in, and they'll be the new strongest thing. But, you know, it's a never-ending story, and um, I kind of hope that it does never end at this point, until it at least ends on a satisfying note, you know, something like, uh, or it gets to a point where you just want it to die, because currently it has problems, but I don't want it to necessarily end, at least at this arc, so there's that. I, I understand that you've... um. You've not watched any of Super. You've watched uh, Z up to the Kid Buu arc, right? Yep, that's basically mm-hmm. where I kind of fell off with Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Was that years and years back when it was like originally being like yep. dubbed over here? Or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Didn't watch any of GT or anything, or 
Nope. Nah. Not was, at all. Was the franchise not really for you, or what, what do you think of Dragon well, Ball? Well, I grew up on it. I mean, it definitely did it for me as a kid. Um, but then I started getting older, and it started becoming more and more ridiculous. But then it... Uh, well, I think what had happened is that it just kept doing the same thing. You know, it's... Mm. It was just like... They're getting stronger. Now they're Super Saiyan level 3, and their hair is super long, and now they're they're fighting a character they've already fought before and beaten before, and they're going to fight him again and beat him again. And there's mm-hmm. really nothing surprising about anything except all they're doing is fighting, and it's just like... <laughs> and then it's just a little bit of Kamehameha, Kamehameha, and If only then, that wasn't accurate. <laughs> yeah, but apparently that's, that is accurate, and yeah. it's sad. So I kind of stopped watching Dragon Ball. Then I heard Dragon Ball Super, and I was like, oh, it's, you know, that sounds like they're just like restarting the series with like better animation and voice acting and stuff. But uh, then I was like, oh, wait, they're doing different things different. It mys in mm-hmm. it. You mean a female mm-hmm. character that I actually kind of got a kid boner for when I was younger? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and oh, she's yeah. mm-hmm. dating Trunks that who doesn't actually have a female um, romantic partner in the original series. Holy shit! Well, color mm-hmm. me surprised. I will definitely not watch that, but I will definitely hear about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm, so that that piqued your interest at least slightly. Um... What about what about Android eighteen and Krillin? What do you think of that matchup then? Because like she she gets a lot of screen time in this current arc, you know. I honestly thought it was a little weird because Krillin <laughs> is kind of the one yeah. who initiates the whole thing. She doesn't really seem to have any feelings for him whatsoever, and then he you know he becomes infatuated with her after their first meeting, and he goes as far as to destroy her self destruction um, remote that he got from Bulma because he's like no mm-hmm. I don't want to see you destroyed even though Cell will become more powerful and kill the entire world and then she gets yep. eaten and he becomes more powerful and almost kills the entire world Yeah, and only much. by sheer luck does she not get dissolved into nothingness like her brother because yeah. for some reason or another and she gets spit back out yeah because uh mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a yeah. lucky coincidence, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. Gets kicked in the gut by Gohan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, actually, they, they do sort of develop on that, in that the love itself is actually reciprocal, uh, in that uh, there's, like, a universe. Like, there's one universe that's powered by love, basically just, like, pure love, and that's, like, magical girl universe, like, Sailor Moon parody universe. Mm-hmm. And, like, Android 18 ends up fighting one of them, and, like, one of the ways she beats him is, like, you know, her love for Krillin is is so incredible and actually like overpowers them and they're so surprised that she has this love for Krillin basically and that's <laughs> how she beats them so yep it's it's definitely cons- confirmed in Super at least that yep she does she does like him the same way okay. don't know, don't know how she, what she sees in him exactly but yep it's reciprocal alright yep uh, I think that does it for our industry news uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. All right, then let us get into our previews. In a world where laughter was king, 
Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. Oh, boy. So, uh, believe yeah. I'm up first. Oh, yeah. And sure. Take it away. I will be doing Killing Bites first. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Honey killing, <laughs> killing Bites starts out with a rape scene. Uh, a schoolgirl is walking along a street reading a uh, book or something like that, and a white van comes along, and dudes pull her into van. They pin her down and start stripping her. Meanwhile, the driver up front is... who looks to be just like your every other day average you know, background character. He doesn't look special. He looks like he's about to shit his pants, though. And it's confirmed in a little monologue that he has that, holy shit, I didn't think that I'd be involved in a rape bus or rape van thing. I just wanted to go out and try to pick up chicks. This isn't what I had in mind. And, of course, the guys in the back are like, just stop being a pussy, man. You'll get your turn. And eventually he can't take it anymore. He puts his foot down the brake. Everything stopped. And he's like, I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. I, I, I'm going to get out and leave. And the girl pokes her head up and is like, just keep driving. And he's, huh? She's like, yeah, don't, don't stop until I tell you to. Just keep going. And the camera pans to the back end. There is a lot of blood and the body mm. parts everywhere. Yeah, she, uh, she tore them all apart. And we eventually somehow make our way to a junkyard where the guy runs out puking his brains out because, you know, he's kind of a weak stomach and I guess he's not used to seeing a bunch of his friends dead. Um, The girl comes out and she's on the phone and she tells him, don't try to run away. And he starts noticing that the junkyard is full of corpses as well. And he starts fearing for his life. So what does he do? He takes off running. And he bumps into another guy. Now, if you would think like, oh, you know, just a normal dude walking around like, oh, he'll save me, right? Of course not. This is uh, another person who is like the girl in that he transforms into a lion. Well, mm-hmm. a lion person, anthropomorphic lion. And the uh, lion takes a swipe at the dude, but is missed or misses as the girl shows up and saves him. The girl then does her transformation and she turns into well tall and Tim's favorite uh, animal, (laughs) the honey badger. Yeah. In fact, uh, Tim and Walter actually reviewed the manga. uh, Surprisingly, (laughs) I know, right? Uh, And uh, they had good things to say about it. I mean, they do love honey badgers, so they were positive on it. Um, you know, and they do play up the fact that the honey badger is very much unkillable, um, because Mm -hmm. it's got a hard back to it, it kind of doesn't care about other beasts being intimidating, and it just comes Mm -hmm. after anything with very sharp claws and fangs over and over and over again until it kills it. You've seen that video, right? That popular YouTube video about the honey badger, about how it doesn't give a fuck and how it kills the cobras. Yeah, 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 you've seen that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Honey badger don't care. (laughs) <laughs> honey badger don't give a fuck oh it's nasty <laughs> it eats larva <laughs> yep so uh she after what seems like she's gonna get beaten down ends up killing Lionel, and uh the uh dude is then i think what happens is doesn't he pass out or something like that uh yeah he faints he faints after he bumping faints. her though he glumps her first right yes because he uh 
he puts his hand on her boobies. And he does that often. Um, he does it once yeah. before she transforms, and she kind of punches him for it. And he does it again when he wakes up, and he's like, oh, it was just a dream. Oh, what's this soft thing I'm feeling? Oh, it's just a girl's chest. And it's the girl, and it wasn't a dream. And, you know, he freaks out, and uh, eventually um, he is taken to... Uh, what was it? Oh, the bad guys in this case who are all watching from afar via satellite are like, no way, I can't believe it. Lionel lost? What? Are you crazy? <laughs> it was like 99 to 1. How did he lose? And uh, the, uh, I guess the scientist dude who created our female honey badger is like, see, she is my most perfect creation ever. And this old dude who's nearby is like, yes, I see that. And he licks the screen that she's on like, it's like, that was a little too much. And I believe that's where the first episode ends. No, 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 no. It goes on. It goes on a bit more. Oh, okay. Is it? Oh, right. So they do the diner thing Mm. too. Okay, I wasn't sure where that stopped and where it started. Okay, so they do go to a diner uh, where he Mm -hmm. ends up treating Honey Badger Girl to sweet pancakes uh, because, Mm -hmm. you know, honey, badger, eating pancakes with honey. Get it? Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah, Um, This other dude shows up and he's got a big silver briefcase and our Honey Badger Girl gets all swoony with him like, oh, you know, pet me on the head. Ha 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 ha. And uh, apparently he's her caretaker, and he opens up the briefcase, and it has a lot of money in there. I believe it's 100 million yen. Yeah, something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of money. And the uh, guy's like, well, you know, I uh, guess I can trust uh, trust you to take care of her. I'm, uh, I'm going to go. See ya. <laughs> and the girl's like, wait, what, what are you talking about? Like, you can't leave me with him. And he's like, You're, he's your only investor he's all we got his organs were on the line when you had no wins and now you have a win so he's your only sponsor and he gets to keep the money mm-hmm. yeah so that's what happens in the first episode uh, um, no, it also ends with uh with him um, going out to pick up stuff from the store and getting ambushed Oh, right. So, yeah, he goes and picks up. And this is what was surprising to me, at least. He goes and he gets some groceries and shit from the store for the girl. Probably some, you know, things that girl needs. And uh, along his way back, a flasher stops him wearing the typical flasher attire, the large brown trench coat. And she Uh opens up her coat and it's not censored. Just boobies hanging out there. And she's like, do you like what you see? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And she's like, oh, good. And then she uh, stabs him in the leg with a giant needle. And uh, and he's like, owie, this hurts. And she's like, now you're going to tell me everything about the honey badger girl. Ha, 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 ha. And she gives him a pretty yeah. good yonderday stare. But unfortunately, she's not yonderday. <laughs> she's just yeah. a porcupine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Went from so, a line uh, to a porcupine. Yeah, so that's that's uh that's where the first one stops. That's the one? Yep. Yep. Uh I'd have to say not bad. Um I was reading the manga a long time ago. Uh this has been going on the manga actually started in twenty thirteen. 
Whoa, so old. yeah, it's only got nine volumes out. <laughs> Is it finished? It's been go- no, <laughs> it's not. Oh. It's kind of been on hiatus for a bit, but it started to coming back again ever since the anime got done. Uh, this is going to be a 12-episode anime, so huzzah? I don't know if <laughs> it's going to bring up... You're probably not going to see past volume free then. Yeah. So I don't know if we're going to delve into like the whole... Um, in the manga, they're up to a point where like they are having like a battle royale on an island while everyone else, including the dude, is in a different room watching the whole thing from you know satellite. So... Mm. I don't know if it's going to reach that point. I think it will. Mm. But uh, I definitely don't think we'll be seeing the official end of this series in the anime. Probably not. I wonder if they'll actually just like leave it where the manga like as, go as far as they can in the manga or if they'll make their own you know fake anime ending to it. Oh no, with nine volumes and they're eating through the chapters kind of quickly... There's not that much content for them to take care of in the manga, so I think they may go an anime original route. Ah, fair enough. Mm -hmm. I was just really surprised that main guy is actually a main guy. I thought he was just going to be a useless side guy. Yeah, that's what I thought too. When he was driving, I completely forgot that he looks like that. I was like, oh, he's just going to get killed. And then like the main guy shows up and he's like, are you okay? And then like maybe she takes a swipe at him and, and then like, you know, he would look like your typical dude but this dude he looks less typical and more like he he looks ugly he doesn't yeah, look yeah, like your, much, your yeah. average mm-hmm. male character who's just like the pretty boy who's like oh, i have no girlfriend and live alone no he's this dude's just a college student who is kind of useless yeah yeah they they go with uh they go for no ends and uh, many ends to try and you know show you how incompetent he is and cowardly he is so yep. yeah and also did that lion guy remind you of like the lion from one punch man if you if you remember one punch man there was like a lion that attacks him in episode two like a lion oh yeah and guy. then like one punch like he's like one punch is just like uh hold on let me i just gotta i gotta get changed here hold on yeah 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 it reminded <laughs> me of him lionel reminded me of that guy <laughs> yeah I, I can see that yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. so you're gonna keep on watching this I will keep on watching it. I will say I'm in the second episode now. Um, I do like the fact it's uncensored. Uh, The animation is okay. It's not great. Um, The second Mm -hmm. episode does interest or does introduce us to a Yuri character. So, oh yeah, that's like a box unchecked. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a it's a cheetah girl, and she has a thing for Honey Badger Girl. Um, because she's like, oh, you beat Lion-O, you're pretty strong, huh? I'm pretty fast, and Honey Badger Girl's like, I don't give a fuck if you're fast, I'll just kill you too. Um, but yeah, and, oh, and the end of the first episode does do like a stinger thing, so it introduces mm-hmm. us to a female friend of Honey Badger Girl, who- a kimono friend? In- Ha 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 ha! Very funny. Nah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Um, sorry. It's just a regular human character who you know wears glasses, kind of like nerdy looking. Uh, and the narrator will go into something about the like the honey finder bird or whatever it's called, like the honey sickle mm. bird. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, and then the narrator reminds reminds us like, but this girl is just human. 
Yeah, and there, it's usually yeah, something like cutesy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. cutesy because it's like, oh, look, she like brought her to uh, a nice restaurant that has n- good pancakes and whatnot. And the honey badger girl orders two things of, of sweet pancakes. And the girl's like, oh, my gosh, I'm making a friend. And then the honey badger girl just eats both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A yeah. bit of levity at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's our first preview. What do you got first for a second? Okay, uh, so there's going to be another theme this week. You know, last week I covered a bunch of shows aimed at a certain demographic, and as such, I thought I'd go, it's only fair I'd go towards another audience type this week. So yes, this week I'll be doing two shows uh, that are to varying degrees tailored towards, though not ex- uh, exclusively limited to, a female audience or a more female audience. Uh, we'll work our way up from ones that are a bit more have a, a bit more of a mass appeal, and then ending on just full on Fujoshi bait. So, the first one today, let's start with Koiwa Amagari no Yoni, or Love is Like After the Rain, um, a show about a romance forming between a high school girl and a 45-year-old man. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> the story starts with the main girl, Akira Tachibana, slumped over on her desk after school, hours listening to music, while the sounds of extracurricular activities can be heard from the outside. We see her getting her phone alert about work, but as she's about packing up to go, she's approached by this energetic, blonde, spiky-haired sad sack, clearly hitting on her, but Tachibana is so unimpressed by this guy's advances that she pulls away and disappears just like Batman, mid-conversation with him. We see her eyeing up the school track team, um, before again disappearing like Batman, before she's seen again, and there's a clever shot of her attempting to run to work before just having to walk with a side profile angle so that you can also see the side uh, the the track team running above her on top of the hill so it's almost like they're above her and they're able to run but she can't so anyways mm-hmm. um post shoujo anime style opening we cut to tachibana working at a diner she is portrayed as quite attractive given the eyes that some of the male patrons have for her but we soon see that she only has eyes for this man first seen apologizing to customers we are then fed information about him bit by bit by the staff and from just seeing him in action. Uh, the impression communicated is unsavory, to say the least. So Kondo Masami is the manager of Garden Cafe. He's seen apologizing to customers if something is even the slightest bit wrong. He's a bit sloppy with his appearance, uh, forgetting to zip up his fly for one thing, and is quite passive towards his employees. That's without taking into account the fact that he is, well, you know, 45 years old, and you're left wondering what exactly Tachibana sees in this man. Still, before we get to that, the an incident occurs whereby during her break in the staff room, uh, Tachibana discovers a young boy, and um, later on, when she hears that it's actually Masami's son, she drops a plate in shock and gives an icy stare to him because, you know, she assumes he's married. Still, after a scene in which she helps the son with his recorder practice during her break, she later learns that He's actually, in fact, a divorced. Uh, he's divorced with his wife, causing her to drop a plate again in shock. And this time, she gives him a different sort of look uh, when he checks on her. One, one thing, uh, one that looks more—the look that she gives him now looks more of determination. Though he takes it like she looks like she's ready to fight him, but it's more like a determined look. Mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're not very subtle <laughs> with her attraction straight away. Uh, we get some scenes of her back in school where she's laughed at, at when she discreetly describes her ideal partner uh, through the traits of like an older man. Uh, and we also learn that she also used to be part of the track and field team. 
Uh, back at work, though, we get a more insight that basically reinforces that the waitresses don't really respect Masami. Uh, because, for one thing, he smells. <laughs> a conversation that Masami overhears, but he takes it pretty well, all things considered, just deciding to change shirts in the back room. This leads to a big scene of the episode where Tachibana walks into the uh, into the back room and sees his old shirt slumped on a chair. Before picking up her, uh, his shirt, we see a recollection of how the two first met. As a customer waiting for the rain to stop outside, Masami brought her a cup of coffee, saying that it was on the house and to enjoy it while she waits for the rain to stop. Then he does this charming magic trick where he makes a small pot of milk materialize just in, uh, from his hands, just in case she wants her coffee white instead, and leaves saying that the rain should stop pretty soon. As she adds the milk to her coffee, the rain stops outside, representing the moment in which uh, she first grew her crush. During this dramatic scene, we cut repeatedly to present time where she is, well, um, at this point she's flat out just sniffing Masami's shirt. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, <laughs> he walks in on this, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, he walks in and her just like, first she just has that look pressed against her face and she's actively just sniffing it obsessively. It's played off as an awkward scenario for both. And later she says with him after work uh, to talk about available shifts for the next month. Of course, we know why she has chosen to work so many shifts and, you mm-hmm. know, why she's chosen to give up so much of her free time. And after a botched attempt to get Masami's phone number, she walks outside only to be hit on again by the same sad sack from the start of the episode. The boss watching this assumes that he is, in fact, her boyfriend, and you get a hint that he might have had a slight crush on her to begin with. Uh, but he obviously disregards that notion, thinking that it was silly, before Tachibana once again disappears on sad sack like Batman. So, Koi wa Amagari no Yoni had a surprising amount of development for episode 1. From the premise, you might expect them to soften the blow in some way, like, you know, playing it more for comedy. You know, they might be like, he's a 45-year-old business manager and with a 10-year-old son, and she's a high schooler runner who falls in love with him. What funny romantic escapades will the two get up to? But... I was more surprised with how real they actually decide to play this anime. Um, it really does feel like it earns the seinen tag. Um, and it's not just an excuse to put explicit content in the show, but they tackle this potentially really racy subject matter in a very straight and mature way, actually. I mean, the respect it earned from that alone made episode 1 at least worth the watch, and... While I have a decent idea what notes it's going to hit and where it's going to be going, I'm going to stick with it just at least a little bit longer. It was decently animated and visually it had a clean modern look, with some visual sensibilities being more reminiscent of old-fashioned anime uh, art styles, such as the way they kind of do the faces. So yeah, uh, it's an interesting show, really the, the likes of which I haven't watched in quite a long time, so yeah, I think it was pretty good actually for an episode one. Pretty surprised. That actually sounds pretty interesting. I do like the fact that the guy's that much older. Like, it mm-hmm. for me, it would definitely be more like the if the female was a lot older. Like maybe the guy was like the high school boy, and you're like, oh great, one of these. But then like outside of high school, he's not hitting on any of the girls or anything like that. He's actually like going after a like like a female manager at a restaurant or something like that, or uh, uh-huh. maybe even like one of his female teachers and maybe away from school. So like maybe like a high college professor or something, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just something like that. And it could even be better. It could be like, Oh, you know, it's my mother's friend who always stops by a bunch and stuff like that. And I kind of grew a crush on mm-hmm. her ever since I was a kid. 
and you know yeah. g- growing up he was like oh i want to i want to you know marry you and she's like oh ha, ha, when you get older maybe and now that he's older he's like i really do want to marry her but now i'm still remember conscious yeah. about the fact mm-hmm. but you know meanwhile yeah. she's more like i don't remember at all that you wanted to do that uh-huh, uh-huh. but this yeah, is good so too similar premise yeah that's a very similar premise they both they both revolve around that sort of forbidden love separated by age isn't it yeah, yeah but uh for for myself growing up my parents are 16 years apart my oh, okay. mother That's was 16 gap, years yeah. old mm-hmm. when my father was born. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> really see age as like a, a dividing factor in being forbidden love. Um, mm. I think like the most thing that's forbidden these days is probably like relationships that uh, stem from like uh, different species or family. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, like, species. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you know, and I'm not talking about like you know lamias or something like that because that's mythological creatures. You can have sex with yeah. those all day long. That's, I'm talking about fantasy. like I, yeah. you're in love with like a horse or something like that. Yeah. Or maybe mm-hmm. you're actually in love with your computer or something like that. Well, oh uh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course, family. It's just it's obvious why it's forbidden because everyone considers it forbidden. <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was driving actually. I was actually put on the on the radio or something where um. The guy reported that this lady is married, um, who she purports to be a ghost. She's married a ghost, um, and the ghost is a three hundred. Re- he's from three hundred years old, and he's a pirate. <laughs> um, but you know, he was executed or something for being a pirate. But he has since changed his ways, according to her. Um, and he finds on and and apparently she's gotten pregnant. Which I'm just thinking, no, you can't. Get pregnant. Even if I believe the ghost part, you can't get pregnant from. Why am I even entertaining the idea? Just, Jack just... Sparrow. <laughs> Jack Sparrow. Yeah, yeah. Like what? A pirate? Really? <laughs> just like came into your house and now. Oh, apart. Oh, yeah. She also had to add in the fact on the radio show that she, she that she, you know, he's apparently the best. I quote the best she's ever had. So <laughs> <laughs> take, take that. Make of that what you will. Oh boy. Uh, just mm-hmm. all so, right. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get on. to my next one here. So, uh, Takashi Kashi season two. Uh, for all those who don't know, Takashi Kashi is about snacks in Japan. The story revolves around a guy named Coconuts. Yes, Coconuts, who is running or doesn't want to, but runs a shop along with his father To, who. Uh, kind of uh told yo sorry yo who uh runs a confectionery shop uh you know snacks and whatnot sold there he doesn't want to run it he wants to be a mangaka and he rather spend his time drawing and whatnot than being you know very knowledgeable about snacks which he is now his uh his father is actually very famous for being a confectionery guy and a female character who looks uh, shockingly like one of the female characters that Coconuts draws named Hotoru shows up and she wants to recruit Yo into working at her company. Uh, this is a girl who dresses very simply, I want to put it, but uh, the way she dresses is very, I want to say erotic to a businessman sense where she has like a formal dress on, but like 
she's got large breasts that kind of hang out from the dress and it's a white shirt so anytime she gets wet it just they see through and she's got these like really like almost like come fuck me heels on that she wears all the time and a lot of her actions are very sexual like at one point in the original series she put on a blindfold tied her hands behind her back and it was like all right now feed me a snack and i'll tell you what it is and of course yeah. you know coconuts is like oh i don't know what to feed you and he, he ends up grabbing a long phallic shaped snack and shoving into her mouth where she ends up <laughs> almost choking on the thing oh it was quite the scene um that was the first season. Uh, mm-hmm. We, of course, have other characters who are in it, like Saya, who is Coconut's classmate, who has a crush on him, and runs a nearby cafe along with her brother, Toe, who mm-hmm. kind of has a crush on Hotaru. And that was actually done by a different animation company as well. It was done by uh, Feel. Studio Feel did the first season, who you may know have done other things like... Uh, uh, they did Corpse Princess, they did uh, Jinsei, they did Outbreak Company, they did uh, um, So I Can't Play H, they did Mayo Cheeky, Kiss Excess, that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, Kiss Excess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, all right. High, high, high class, high class entertainment stuff. Yeah, it, it, it yeah. was pretty good. I liked it. Um Second season begins, the first episode starts off with uh, with our Kokonatsu character kind of uh, walking alongside Saya, and he looks, you know, Saya is like, so what happened? And they look over, and it's the shop, and it's very beat up. And thus we cut back to a while before this happened, whatever happened to the shop, like the sign is like falling off. There's weeds growing over it, and it just looks like it's been abandoned overall, which doesn't make sense because that's where also Kokonatsu lives. It, that's his house as well. His you know room is on like the second floor. Uh, apparently, his father has kind of taken off, or at least that's what we see in the first episode. He's like he leaves a uh, substitute. Uh, version of himself sitting at the counter and just runs away like ha 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 while Kokonatsu now has to look over the shop while he is sitting there you know he doing his typical thing just like waiting around uh Hotaru shows up and Hotaru has a new snack um this time I believe the snack was um big katsu which uh because Hotaru um Brings it out because Kokonatsu was like, man, I could really go for some uh, 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 katsu or like, you know, uh, some kind of fish based uh, meal, ramen kind of thing. And uh, apparently with a uh, big katsu, you can like throw it in water and it turns into something that's similar to it. Uh, katsu don, you know, that kind of thing or whatever ah. it is. Um, yeah. but it, this one's fish based and he wants something meat, but she talks about, you know, like, oh, it's so good. Like, you just got to try it again. And of course she does a bunch of erotic posing and he's completely like, oh man, I, I don't know where to look. Cause you're bending over and like holding your chest out to me. And it's like, she never notices it as well. Like she just doesn't get it that she's doing these things because she's more focused on 
snacks. That's her whole thing. In fact, in the first season, her love, actually, she claims to be one of the snacks um, idols or snack uh, mascots, which is this boy who's like the Dagashi king or something like that. Uh, but she does seem to have some feelings for Kokonatsu, though they are muddled in with her love of snacks because she sees Kokonatsu as someone who's extremely well-versed in the world of snacks, so she trusts him to lead her to the snack paradise, I guess. Saya, uh, of course, does show up at some point or another, and this is where I kind of became saddened. So Saya Endo is the Kokonatsu classmate, runs a coffee shop, and is not very easily shocked or alarmed or anything. She's, you know, she's kind of got a hick accent to her. She's very cute. Um, uh, let me see here if I can show my co-host here a picture of her. This is Saya. Let's see. Let's see. And she's very good at basically everything, but she doesn't like snacks. She doesn't care for sweet things. That's why she runs a coffee shop, because she likes bitter things. Mm. And uh, she's kind of level-headed. And she never really freaked out in the first season. But very early on in the second season now, like almost immediately, as soon as Hotaru mentions something, she's like, What?! Are you crazy? What? And she just, like, it, it completely broke her character for me. Like, she started oh. acting like the, like the, uh, the straight man in one of those dumb animes that features a bunch of female characters who acts, you know, who act very crazy. And Saya is apparently the straight man who yells all the time, like, that's crazy. That's insane. You're, 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 you know, they're breaking all the things that I know. Right, so she's just like so, really playing it up to the audience sort of thing. Yeah, which I didn't yeah. understand like why they did this to her character, because as far as I know, it, the first season definitely didn't feature her at this like at all. In fact, Hotaru came to respect Saya, or as she calls her, Sayashi, because she was good at everything else. She has crazy luck, so anytime she does anything, she just gets super lucky. Like, she plays that game where you can, like, you hit the ball and you try to get it onto the peg, and it's, oh, like, yeah. tied to mm-hmm. the string. Um, mm-hmm. She does it, like, first try. And then, like, she does, like, a really crazy maneuver, like, where she's flying it around her, and, and then she gets it on the stick. She plays cards with Hotoru, and Hotoru's like, I'm pretty good at this, and Hotoru gets beaten her ass beaten in the game by Saya, who's like, I, this is the first time I've ever played this. It's kind of fun. Mm. And it's... I, like, I love her character a lot. Like, she also has this style to her where she... She has this long brown hair, and it's not crazy or anything, and she has these eyes that are very sharp, as opposed yeah. to, like, a lot of the other characters have, you know, larger eyes. Female characters have these big eyes. Sai has very yeah. tiny pupils and very sharp eyes. And the way she dresses, like, she wears these boots that kind of, like, hang off of her legs. And all this, to me, was just, like, she looks very attractively average. Like, mm, she doesn't mm. need to try too hard. Like, she's yeah. not wearing a ton of makeup. She's not, you know, doing things crazy. She's just kind of like that country girl. 
Yeah. In Japan. This is that they were trying too hard to horror, exaggerating things too much. They just managed to make a good design sort of thing. Yes. So, mm-hmm. my overall, my impression of the second season thus far, not great. The animation has oh. also gone down because they've switched from Studio Feel to uh, Tezuka Productions. And if you don't know Tezuka Productions, well, that's because they did Astro Boy. Uh, they did Astro Boy. They did Astro Boy Reboot. They did Astro Boy Video Game, the Astro Boy Tap Tap Rush, Astro Boy Dash, uh, Astro Boy A New Beginning, Astro Boy uh, 2003 version. They did Black Jack. Uh, and they did Astro Boy. Oh boy. So they don't really have much experience then. No, they kind of were in a very steady Astro Boy market. Uh, They did some other things, like Blackjack, uh, something called Phoenix, Mm -hmm. um, Samurai Mm -hmm. Warriors, Kids on the Slope. Um, Oh, wait. Hey, I've heard that's a good one, though. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that's a good one. I haven't watched that, but I've heard Kids on the Slope's good. That's uh, Sakamichi, yeah? Yeah, but they've been doing stuff since 1971. Oof, oldies. Yeah, they did a thing called Marvelous Melmo, and Marvelous Melmo was a uh, anime that began all the way in 1971. They did Jetter Mars, then Astro Boy, Dawn, Dracula, Ioe Blink, The New Adventures of Kimba, the White Lion, The Three-Eyed uh-huh. One, um, Onisama-E, or E, uh, In the Beginning, The Bible Stories, Unison, Papa Rappa the Rapper, Astro Boy again, <laughs> Phoenix, Blackjack, Moki, Genji Mon- Monogatari Senrenki, Kids on the Slope, Samurai Warriors, Young Blackjack, Astro Boy Reboot, and now the Gashikashi Season 2. Mm, I see. <laughs> what a lineup. <laughs> yeah, very strange, I must say. This this varied, it's very weird. Sometimes they, 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 you know, break out and do something a little bit different like Astro Boy, but, you know, other times they... They get stuck in a rut a bit. This is weird. They, but they're very old, so they actually do have experience, you'd think. Well, I, guess, I guess a lot of original staff members must have moved away by now, but overall, they haven't done a lot of good... Is there anything good about what they've done with Dagashi Kashi that you like? Not really. Like, they changed what? a lot of appearances that just made them worse. Like, with the first season, Saya, she's mm. eyes, like, her eyes are even sharper. Her looks are even sleeker. And uh, Hotaru, she's very sexy in the first season. Like, they, at, you know, absolutely everything about her is, like, scream sex appeal. Large breasts, you know, thin waist that she wears, like, a corset on. You know, white top. She usually wears some kind of black underwear or something like that. And she does all these very provocative movements. But in this one, take a look at this. Huh? That is their idea of what sexy is now yes okay she's got the black bra underneath the wet shirt but Mm. it's it's not great like the animation behind what they did here it's not great like it doesn't really do anything for me when i saw it i was like okay there it is like the first season did better like studio feel surprisingly enough their their studio is good at making you feel things in the nether region because they're good at making you feel like, wow, that's that's hot. This one? No, I'm not feeling it. Putting that experience from cassettes into practice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh I'm uh I'm 
worried. You're going to keep on watching it, yeah? I'll keep watching it because I like the first season and I like the premise, but I'm worried. Worried, okay. Okay. Caution, but carry on ahead. Be brave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, cool. Cool stuff. Yeah. So nice. what uh, What have you... Oh, what have you got for us with this? Yeah. This next one. So um, we're going more full on. Definitely aimed at a certain demographic now. The last anime we're finishing off. So yeah, after starting off with what looks to be a you know a kind of serious romantic drama that I just did you know a second ago with the after the rain with love, uh, let's go with the complete opposite. Let's go for something that's pretty dumb. So in honor of let's talk about. Let's, 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 in honor of all that, I mean, let's talk about Sanrio Danshi or Sanrio Boys. Sanrio, if you don't know, is a company that makes products tailored towards the kawaii sector of popular Japanese culture. You know, um, you probably know them for their range of cutesy characters, most famously being uh, Hello Kitty. So yeah, uh, this show is basically a Frankenstein monster of things that Japan targets towards women. It's got cute things via the Sanrio characters and hot guys of various sizes and personalities here. Anyways, uh, let's start. Anyway, episode one, probably the best part of the episode is actually at the start. It begins with like a sword fight between what looks to be two princes in a medieval type style landscape setting where three other guys are watching. Also attractive, of course. Apparently, this feud between the two kingdoms it can't be resolved peacefully, so it's resulted in a duel. But the brown-haired onlooker, who will later be the main guy of the story, can't take it anymore. So he jumps into the middle between the two princes who are fighting and gets stabbed by both of them to death. Mm. Um, of course, this is not real at all. It's, in fact, a stage show being held at a school festival. And, in fact, at this point, the voice of the main guy, uh, Kota, now feels the need to be the narrator for the episode and tells us that we will have to see how we got to this moment through watching the show, I guess. But not before each guy introduces themselves in a sort of roll call-ish fashion with like text on screen with their names on it. Just to the audience, just so you can like pick a best guy to begin with, even though quite a few of them will not really do anything in this episode anyway, but you know, it's best to get uh, t- place your bets early on on which one's your favourite, I suppose. So yeah! Uh, flashback to before this, and uh, before this boy band, I guess, was formed, and we cut to the protagonist, Kota, whom I'm going to call the normie from now on, going into a typical day of high school. As he goes in, he is told to sort his bed here by the strict adult-type guy at the school gates, who have decided to call Mansum. No- the normie has a mini-crisis where, um, about whether he is living a complete high school sort of life, and you know, the same way the other guys are. And the anime shows various shots of the other soon-to-be main characters doing fulfilling things. You got the tan sporty guy, who I'm go- who I'm calling Aoyama Brando, scoring a shot in football. There's the girly spice, reading a book in the library. And then there's Gokwan, flirting with girls at the back of the school. Uh, before Normie can mull over this for too much longer, though, he is approached by his two friends, who decide to meet up with him. Uh, they are also normies, just like the normie, but they exist in a different sort of scape because they they exist to make the normie feel more interesting by comparison. So yeah, they talk about how they want girlfriends and other boring shit that totally is the sort of stuff I chatted about with my friends during high school before the guys settle uh, for just going out and into the town and doing karaoke. On the way back, there's a crying girl and the two friends say that they should leave her behind because... They might get reported if they did anything anyway, so the parents will probably find her by themselves. 
But since the normie is a nice guy, he ignores them and crosses the road on his own uh, and first tries to stop her from crying. After failing repeatedly, he manages to cheer her up by talking about the character her bag is designed after, a dog character from Sanrio called Pom Pom Purin. This is followed by an awkward moment where the two poke at the dots where Pom Pom Purin's ass crack is supposed to be drawn uh, before the normie finds a lost children's card in her bag and he uses that to call her parents. It then goes to sunset when the mom arrives and the little girl gives the main character, well, the normie, a Pom Pom Purin sticker as thanks. After they leave, the normie's two friends uh, suddenly appear out of nowhere into the shot remarking about how a nice guy he was. Uh, and I really assumed that they went home beforehand, but I guess they were just watching what he was doing when he was helping the kid out, and were just willing to wait until sunset to for him to finish sorting this out. What patient friends, I guess. Uh, anyways, we cut to the normie's home where he's eating with mother and father normie. They ask about why he looks a little troubled despite going out with his friends, and he mentions how there seems to be something missing in his life. Normie mom makes a normie suggestion uh, about him going to cram school, which normie rejects because, likely because committing to something will make him less of a normie. The events of the day will still seem to trouble him, and he goes to his room to open a box of old stuff. Amongst them is a Game Boy Advance. Oh, and I guess there's also a large pom pom purin plush as well. Yeah, the whole time Hiachi was embarrassed to admit it, but he already knew who the character on the girl's little bag was uh, as pom pom purin before she even said it. Because in truth, he used to be a hardcore fan of the character. So we get a flashback sob story uh, that amounts to this, basically. He had a grandma who gave him Pom Pom Purin, the 30 centimeter version, by the way, that costs $23.99 from Amazon right now, if you're interested. He loved his grandma, and he also loved Pom Pom Purin. Yeah, he actually Googled it to see how much this one costs. Uh, <laughs> he loved his grandma and Pom Pom Purin, and later... Uh, the latter of which um, got him made fun of by the other kids at school because he said it was a toy for girls. Uh, in a fit of misdirected rage, he denounced his love for his grandma and, more importantly, Pom Pom Purin and the Church of Sanrio. Grandma waited till her dying day for Normie to ne- return, but he never did until it was too late and she passed away. Now, now, now Pom Pom Purin brings him nothing but pain in remembrance of him once acting like Sota. Moral of the story, don't be a Sota. Anywho, fan service time. We get to see Aoyama Brando taking a shower when Ga- when Gokwan probes on him, inquiring about his lost princess. The pr- the normie finds this princess, which also happens to be another Sanrio character called My Melody, which is a rabbit, uh, on it wh- on which has a photo of Aoyama and Gok together. The normie tries to return Gokwan, uh, return it to Gokwan uh, in his class, but is concerned about embarrassing him in front of his girlfriends. Thinking about a way he, thinking about the way he was treated when you know other kids found out that he liked Pom Pom Purin. There's then a wacky chasing between Gok and the normie, where the normie has time to run into a girl whom still manages to he still manages to help up after knocking her down, but doesn't get caught to. But for some reason, uh, the girl we don't get to see her face, and I assume she's probably going to be an important character later on. But you know. We have more important things, like the guys in this episode. So, they also run past some other soon-to-be-important characters, like Mansom and Girly Spice, before the normie thinks he has lost, her, uh, has lost his pursuer when he gets outside. He lets his guard down, however, and then is then caught up to by Aoyama Brando, who proceeds to do the wall slam manoeuvre on him. I wonder what kind of audience that scene is aimed at. 
Anyway, uh, everyone calms down. Gokwan gets his princess back, and the girls that the normie thought would make fun of him and just be disgusted at him for having such a a girly product in the end think that uh, it's actually quite cute in the end, and I suppose that he gets away with it because he's hot. It also revealed that the footballer Aoyama Brando is more of a Hello Kitty guy than a My Melody guy, and the realization that you can be a cool guy while liking Sanrio products hits Normie so hard that he seems to jizz in his pants. He gasps, looking at the sky, and sparkles fly upwards. So that's pretty much symbolic enough as it is. So uh, that ends this episode. Uh, well, that was an anime. Uh, let me tell you it as it is. Basically, uh, this this anime is. Sanrio, the company, doing what it does best, you know, selling a cute product. It's not a compelling story, nor does it try to be, and the characters are not cut, uh, are, are actually just cutouts, actually, which is also intentional. I mean, the thing to keep in mind is that the blurb from my anime list starts with the project's premise, not the story or anything, because, you know, that's what this is at the end of the day, a project. A project to expand the reach of an already far-reaching brand to a more otaku-orientated female audience instead. Um, now that you've had, uh, you know what I mean, you know, now you have a good looking guy to associate with each popular Sanrio character, and as much as I like to make fun of it, I don't really see a huge problem with that, to be fair. I mean, I just see it as something akin to something like an idol show, where the fan base is supposed to get behind the popular character archetypes and designs. Just this time, the whole part about being an idol is cut out and replaced with Hello Kitty, I guess. Yeah, this is a weird addition to me, uh, as these products just seem to come in out of nowhere and be important, kind of like how Pom Pom Pern is sharing a group hug between the normie and his grandma. Uh, so yeah, episode 1 succeeded at least in pitching what the show is and to him or whoever it is targeted towards, however niche they may be. I'm sure it was successful to that extent to the people that it is aimed towards. Um, I, on the other hand, uh, like with idol shows, don't really find that much appeal here personally. So I'll take this as an opportunity to exit and wish everyone who does stay behind to enjoy their time watching this and then their subsequent time afterwards, no doubt, writing up their fan fictions between the two, the, between the male characters. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was Sanrio Danshi. Um, or Sanrio Boys. Uh, I'm not watching on. Yeah. What did you- <laughs> no, you don't say. No, it's... I really didn't know what they were going to do. Like, it was one of those ones where I read the blurb, I saw the poster, I thought, this looks dumb. But I wonder, if, like, what they're going to do. Are these actually human versions of these characters? Um, and then I watched it, and then within five minutes, I immediately knew what they were doing. As did, I'm sure, everybody knew what they were doing immediately five minutes in. This is it. And then it just, it climaxes with the wall slam. You know, wall slam between one guy and the other. And they're close enough to embrace. So, yep. You do you. I'm not gonna enjoy enjoy what you enjoy if you enjoy the show. Um, <laughs> I guess. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. righty then. I think that does it for our reviews, and that does it for another episode of Anime Pulse. Uh, we'll probably have at least one more preview show, and then our hybrid show, and then maybe or our preview or review show that you want to jump on with me and then maybe some hybrid shows yeah that's right because uh, there's still plenty of previews I think I I, I, I have in them so but I do want to review the stuff yeah sounds good sounds yeah. good yeah. alrighty then I think we can go ahead and wrap things up here I thank everyone for listening 
for participating if you are on the forums. And until next time, keep watching, keep listening, and keep the anime love strong.